Um, today we start a new series called The Way. And uh, over the next couple of weeks we'll be looking at, at the way of this, this faith, this life that we follow Jesus in. Um, actually, before Paul was Paul, when he was Saul, before Saul became Paul and he was persecuting Christians, he would actually say that he's, he's persecuting people who were a part of the way. And uh, today, uh, we'll, or we'll be looking in the book of Acts through this, through this series, and today we'll be looking at Acts chapter 4 um, specifically, but I love fires. Okay, do we have any guys in here that just love fires? Yeah? Okay, I love fires, plain and simple. Now, I'm not the guy that's going to light a match just to watch it burn, okay? I'm not that kind of a person, but I do love a good campfire, and, uh, and starting them is, is always fun. Um, and, uh, ladies, I don't know if you know this, but if a man lights a fire, if he starts a fire, it automatically adds 10 points to his manliness. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you knew that. And if you watch, whenever they, they light a fire, we, excuse me, let me include myself in this. Whenever we light a fire and we get it lit, um, we get this, this strut begins to happen. The chest comes out a little more. And, um, there's something more to it. If we light the fire the first time, our manliness points automatically double. Okay, so it's imperative that we get this fire lit the first time, right? And actually, if we do light it the first time, the strut comes from like the chest out to a little bit more of a bounce. And we'll start looking people in the eyes like, hey, do you see that? I am man, hear me roar kind of a thing. Um, so, but anyways, anyways, I'm sorry, I'm getting off the topic right off the bat here. Um, let me get back to the point here. Acts, who was written by, which was written by Luke, um, is, is just that. It's the, the recording of the Christian faith spreading throughout the land. It's the recording of the spark that started it and then it catching into a wildfire. And that's, that's what the book of Acts is. So, um, but today we're going to be talking about a, a Christian, I hate to say this word, discipline. Okay, discipline is, is not a fun word. It does not bring back fond memories for me. Um, whenever I would get in trouble, my dad, did anybody ever ask, do you want a spanking or do you want to be grounded? Did anybody ever get that question? Yeah, I didn't get that question. I got a spanking and I was grounded. Um, there was no or, it was and with that. So after I would, I would get my spanking, my dad would sit me down at the kitchen table and he'd go through this long thing. And at the very end, he would tell me, Jared, you've got to be more disciplined. Okay, so when I hear the word discipline, like it, it sends goosebumps down my spine because it doesn't bring back fond memories. Now, the memories to get to the kitchen table were usually pretty fun, but the actual kitchen table itself wasn't fun at all. So, but today we're going to dig into prayer. We're going to talk about the way of prayer. And prayer is our direct line of communication with God. Um, in youth, we just finished up the series called Dear Galatians, and we found out that living the Christian faith means two things. It's one, having a relationship with God, and two, having a relationship with others. And the only way for us to have a successful relationship with anyone is through communication. Um, now, my wife and my relationship 
wouldn't grow very much if we never talked to each other. Actually, I probably wouldn't be calling her my wife if we never talked to each other. She'd probably be calling me a creep. Um, so, but prayer is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, anyone who's been in a, a community of prayer has been around someone who has prayed earnestly probably has some amazing story of how their prayers were answered. Um, let me tell you a little story. Whenever me and Megan started here um, two Augusts ago now, um, we owned a house in Claxton. And uh, it, was, it was our dream home. It's the first house that we bought together. Um, I really liked it because the only time you could see another house from our porch was in the wintertime. And that's only because the leaves were off the trees and you could see a roof way off in the distance. Um, it was a great house. But whenever we started here, we ran into this problem of we have this great house. But then we have a great church family that's 32 miles away. You know, so it wasn't, it wasn't gelling. So we, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. Do we sell the house or do we stay here and we keep commuting back and forth? We didn't know and we just we couldn't hear an answer. We couldn't find an answer. And finally, we just kind of stopped talking about it with each other for a little while. You know how sometimes you got to get away from a problem for a little bit and then come back to it with fresh eyes. Well, that's what we did, and uh, I remember one day, it was after dinner, I looked at Megan, and I said, Megan, what do you think about selling the house? You know, I'd, I'd been feeling we needed to sell the house, and she looked at me, and she said, Jared, I think we need to sell the house. I was like, all right, that's a good thing. We hadn't talked about it, and we both feel the same way. Uh, that's a good thing. Now, the crazy thing was, is the next day, the guy who owned the land around us called me, and he was like, listen, Jared, I don't know if y'all are ever thinking about it, but if you want to sell that house, would you let me know first? You know, that's it. the only way I can explain that is that it is a pure God thing. It was amazing. And most of us probably have stories just like that that we could tell. And um, we could actually see awesome stories like this uh, in the scripture as well. Like the scripture we read today in Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Now, before I jump into this, I want, to, I want to tell you how this group of people get there. This, this story is about a group of believers who are praying. So John and Peter, who were two disciples, had gone to the temple the day before to pray. And while they were at the temple, there was a man who, was, who couldn't walk standing at the door, and he was begging people for money. Well, he asked John and Peter, he says, can I have some money? And Peter looks at him, he says, listen, I don't have any money, but I can give you what I have. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And it said the guy got up and walked and he was praising Jesus. Um, so because of this, because of this miracle they performed, they're taken into custody and brought before the Sanhedrin. If you read the Bible, it says Sanhedrin, which is just the Jewish court, the Jewish uh, advisors of the temple. They're brought before them and they question John and Peter. Right? And, and they ask him, what authority do you have to perform miracles like this? And so after, after this whole thing is, is settled, they, they release John and Peter, and they go back to their group of believers. And that's where we're at now in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. It says, after they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they, heard, when they heard it, they raised their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, it is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in this city, in fact, both Herod 
and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, John and Peter had just been told by the officials of the temple to not do any miracles in the name of Jesus. And this group of believers, first thing they did when they heard about this was they prayed. They prayed to God to make them bold so that they may spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And we see God's answer to this prayer in a physical way. The place they were in was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and were speaking the word of God with boldness. That's the power of prayer. It shakes the very spot of where you are and it shakes who we are. It is through prayer that we can hear God's will for our lives. And and this is not the only spot in the Bible that we see prayers answered in in an amazing way. Uh, Later on in Acts, we see Peter, who is in prison for still preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. He's praying. Believers outside the prison are praying. And all of a sudden, every cell door in the prison opens up and Peter's freed. Um, In the Old Testament... God stopped time for the Israelites to circle around an an enemy army and defeat them in battle. Elijah prayed to God to send fire down from heaven to burn up the altar so he can prove that this was the real God and 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 disprove the prophets of Baal. Um, David committed adultery and then had a guy murdered because of it. And then when he realized what he had done, he repented and asked God for forgiveness. And God gave it to him. That's that's amazing. That we can talk to a God who is all-powerful. That we can have a relationship with God and he will listen to us. Oswald Chambers, who... Uh, is one of one of my favorite devotional writers. Uh, he he uh, he has a devotional book called My Utmost for His Highest. I highly recommend it. But uh, he said one time, he said, "Prayer does not equip us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work." There's sometimes that we look at prayer as this next step in our Christian life. Like the next thing I have to do to get here is I got to pray, and then I'll move through that. That's, that's not what prayer is. It's not just a step. It's a way for God to hear our hearts and get to know us. And it's a way for us to get to know God and hear God's heart as well. Now, now this comes the, the hardest part of, of my sermon. And um, I actually told Megan throughout the week that when I got to this part, um, I was stuck. There was about three days I couldn't write anything. And uh, so I'm going to make a confession to y'all. And that is for me, prayer is not an easy thing. Prayer is not my go-to move. I'm, I'm a doer. I'm a mover. I don't know if y'all have noticed I've been pacing back and forth 
right here. My hands are going like this. Um, my wife at youth on Sunday night has actually told me, Jared, you got to quit pacing because I'm getting tired of watching you. Um, I'm, I'm a mover, so to actually stop and, and calm down, uh, it, it's hard for me to do. And actually, I don't know if y'all know this, uh, my wife is a superhero. Um, she has the ability with one sound to change the way I act. I don't know if y'all knew this. Like, whenever I sit down in a chair, my leg will be moving. And it starts off small. It starts off with one of these. <clears throat> okay, if, you, if you're married, I think your wife probably has the same thing. It might be not, might not be. <clears throat> but you know what it is. Okay, and then it goes to the hand on the leg, right? Well, whenever this leg starts moving and the stops, this leg starts going, right? Hey, is there anybody like that out there? Huh, they, they can't sit still. Yeah, and then if I don't stop moving, then the, the awesomeness of her superhero power comes out, and it comes out in the glare. Okay, she just, she looks at me, and then I know I better stop moving. And then it works for like five minutes, and then that's it. Um, so, d- telling you that, I'm not, prayer is not my go-to move. And like I said earlier, there is power in prayer, John Wesley would actually wake up at 4 a.m. every morning and spend four hours of prayer before he started his day. Uh, it, they have him quoted as saying, I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I'm able to do it. I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I'm able to do it. Wow. How awesome is it that, that prayer is held on such this high place in your life, that you have to do it before you can actually get anything done? So there is power in prayer, but there is also power in a community that prays. And, and that's why this morning I'm telling you that I'm not a good prayer. That prayer is not my go-to move because I need accountability from you for me to be a better prayer. I need help in that aspect of my life. Uh, James chapter 5 verse 16. Uh, we could see what happens when we do pray for one another and with one another. James chapter 5 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. It doesn't get much clearer than that. All right, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Now, it doesn't say that you may be saved. Okay, there's only one way that we can be saved, and that is faith through Jesus Christ. But there is healing in confession and prayer for one another. Now, this isn't just confessing sins. Okay, this is also telling people your, your hardships and your struggles. Um, have you ever tried to, uh, to pray during a hard time of your life and, and you've just been stuck? You, you, you just can't find the words? Um, you don't know what to pray for. Or you don't know how to say it. Tell a friend. Tell a friend that cares about you. And I guarantee you they will know exactly how to pray for you. Uh, Josh Wilson has a song called Fall Apart. Um, if you haven't heard it, go to YouTube, Joshua Wilson, Fall Apart. It's really good. But in the chorus, there's a line that says, How can I come to the end of me and somehow still have all 
I need. So that's power right there. God will work. Through individual prayers, he'll work. And through community prayers, he'll work. The Christian life was not designed to go through alone. So when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, um, he gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer. All right, which we will uh, we'll say, actually, as we go through the liturgy of communion later on. So, but I think it's pretty cool that the disciples didn't ask him, Jesus, how should we preach? Or Jesus, how should we lead people to you? They asked Jesus, how should we pray? And we, when we look at the Lord's Prayer, it's, it has all plural words in it. All right, the very first word is our. Then it give us. Our daily bread, forgive us as we lead us, deliver us. So when Jesus gave them an outline towards prayer, he gave it to them in a way that included everybody in prayer. So there is power in prayer and there is power in a community that prays. Look at Acts chapter 4 verse 23 through 31 that we just read. The place... Where they were was shaken. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. The Christian life was not designed to go through alone. And we see that during Holy Communion. Um, Before we begin with communion, um, I'd like us all to, to take a moment. Um, quietly and uh, spend a moment of prayer with God, just you and God, and and uh, lift up what you're thankful for. Lift, lift up your struggles before we start Holy Communion. <laughs> 